0: Janet, talk about inspirational! That just trembles my bones. What an absolutely awesome performance! God bless you so very much. Well, hello out there, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are. We're ready for uh, ventures into an- another uh, teaching. This time, we're we're talking about a spectacular revelation concerning the uh, the universe. And uh you know uh, this is, the universe is what we live in so we should uh we should know a few things about it <coughs> <clears throat> Praise be the name of God we just thank God for uh, his wonderful word and his mercy and uh we just ask God to be with us today Okay so um uh, there's a few things that you know I want to say to get this started and that is that uh, this is going to be a series it's going to be several parts to it so um, the whole aspect of this revelation of this shocking insight is going to be spread out over you know uh, the series of the teaching but I will have enough to say today to make you understand the profoundness of this subject And why it is absolutely, essentially important that you understand what the real teaching of the Bible is. What the language of the Bible is. The uh, greatest problems uh, that have occurred uh, in this world as far as understanding the Bible has been a failure of knowing the language of the Bible. Now, uh, we live in a universe that is just beyond the imaginations of human beings um, when you consider when you consider that uh, <coughs> that we are talking about a universe that we live in that we, we also live in a galaxy which is a star cluster of uh, that universe one of the star clusters <coughs> and just in this star cluster of this universe Uh, called the Milky Way, which is a galaxy, Uh, there is estimated to be over a billion stars. And then they have discovered now, with the new telescopes, that uh, there are actually um, billions of universes. (coughs) Not hundreds, not thousands, but billions of universes. So uh, it is uh, utterly... um, Exciting um, utterly challenging, and uh, we just have to look at this with a, a deep understanding because if we don't then we're going to be back in in the primitive uh, days of Christianity. now, let me explain that uh, <coughs> back in the primitive days of uh, of uh, uh, christianity uh, most of the people of the church this means the leadership the you know the uh, the priesthood, so forth. They taught that this earth, this earth, y a r t h, was the center of the universe. But guess what? <laughs> that was just an absolute <laughs> failure of understanding the language of God. So it says, well, they couldn't have known any better. They couldn't have known any better because, uh, you know, uh, the there weren't the telescopes. And there wasn't the science, there wasn't the astrology. Hey, come on, what is wrong with you? You don't have to have the science and the astrology and the tele- the t- telescopes as I will show you to know th- these truths about the universe. A universe that has more galaxies than all of the sand in the earth. That means all the sands along rivers, along oceans, Along lakes, along seas, and uh, and in all of the deserts of the earth, all of the sand in the earth, there are far more stars than there are than there is sand. Does that get you a little bit? And yet, it's Bible. The Bible has already told us these truths, going way, way back. But people uh, have not understood the language of the Bible they have not understood it so uh that is uh that is the thing and so anyway uh let's uh, get ready all right here we go um let's uh let's just look at some things here um and uh and and go over some old scriptures that that people are not a- aware of. You all sh- all surely remember in uh, Matthew four eight, when Lucifer Satan takes Jesus up to the mount, uh, and um, and to the the st- actually the the temple steeple, and he shows him the kingdoms of the world. And most people think, well, what he did. Is he showed him the kingdoms of this earth? Well, yeah, he did that, but that was, that's just a very small fraction of it. What the Bible teaches, what the Bible says, is he showed him the kingdoms of the universe. <coughs> the word for world here is um, in the Strong's Concordance Greek Dictionary, 2889, and it means cosmos, which means the oily star system of the universe. And so Satan showing Jesus Christ coming world uh, kingdoms, coming cosmic kingdoms of there being populations, uh, different locations in the universe, he showed him those kingdoms in the universe. You see, if you don't get into this perspective, then you are, you are a primitive Christian. And someone says, well, that's what I want to be. Well, then that's what you are. And I'll tell you what, uh, you go and find a little chalkboard that says third grade, and you just live your life there and see if that'll ever make you happy or ever give you any knowledge that has to do with the Bible. It'll give you very, very little because the salvation and all those things is tied in on a cosmic scale. And if you're into that primitive mind that is just all about this little dot, this fractal in space uh, that is is so minute, it's almost an uncountable dwelling place. Uh, If that's where you are, God help you because that means your world, your mind, your influence, your insight is extremely, times, multiple times, limited. Now, when Satan showed Jesus the kingdoms, it wasn't just the kingdoms of this earth. Now, being located on one spot on earth, and the earth being a curve, and there being different sides, it was an incredible thing to be able to show from one location all of the earth and all of the kingdoms just on the earth. But now expand that into the universe and to the future of the universe, and you see what an awesome, incredible thing, what an empowerment of, of operation it was, uh, what power that Lucifer, Satan had to be able to show the kingdoms of the universe. Uh, you know, that were not even yet born, but that would be born. And that how that uh, Jesus, if he would just accept Lucifer, could have all of those kingdoms. Of course, that was just deceit, but that's a favorite thing that Lucifer and in, uh, Satan involves himself in. Now, you, I want you to get that. I want you to get that. This subject is, was universal, and it's always been universal throughout the Bible. In Matthew 5.14, it says regarding us, you are the light of the world. The word world translates to the Greek 2889, which means cosmos or universe. You are the light of the world. Now, if you want to limit yourself to just being a human being, if you want to limit yourself to believing that you never existed before and that the only existence you have is as a human being, then that's the little primitive world that you live in and it has nothing much to offer you. But if you come into these teachings of the Holy Manifest and these teachings that we existed in a, pr- a prior uh, life as ophanims, which was which was a hierarchy of angels, and that that we had a Lord of Hosts over us, and then as orphans in a great war that it describes in in chapter twelve of Revelations, uh, we ended up cast down on the earth and be and and uh, in uh, our spirits entering into uh, uh, flesh and and uh, uh, into matter, and and uh, we began to be called humans and mortals. Now. What God is trying to do through Jesus here, he's saying, you don't understand the story. You don't understand the greatness. You don't understand the magnitude. You are the light. You. Your name. Say it. Say it to yourself. Say, I, Jerry Lee, or I, Tom, or or, 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 I, uh, Jim, or I, uh, Patricia, I am the light of the universe. And 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 the beauty of it is the state which which it is put in. Because of the understanding of the Alpha Omega, uh, uh that the Alpha and the Omega happen at the same time, then it can be put in the in the present time as though it exists now, even though it hasn't spells into uh the the future uh it is it is already existing like in the sense of the story in in uh uh, genesis in which before the the uh the plants were put into the ground into the earth uh, before the trees the vegetation and all of those kind of things were put into the earth they existed they already existed before they even grew, before they even were, were planted in the earth. And so uh, there are certain things that are counted as though they already exist, even though in the human way of prospectively uh, uh, looking at it, they do not yet exist. But in the higher uh, developed mind, uh, it, it shows us that these things do exist and there is a continuum so it's exactly awesome and beautiful to have that kind of an understanding to have that kind of an insight and it's beyond mortalness it's beyond humanness you know calling those things that are not as though they are and this is one of the teachings of paul calling those things that are not as though they are and calling those things that that um, that are as though they are not It's a matter of category, it's a matter of choice, of knowing how to apply It's it's a Bible language. You've got to get into the Bible language to really understand the magnitude of the revelation. But this magnitude of the revelation is enfolded. And, And you are the light of the world. You are the light of the universe. Get off that primitive doorstep. Get out of that world. Because that world can't take you to any place but the grave. That belongs to all the people that have a sentence of death in them and have never been elevated from that sentence of death. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to hear this message today. Wow. In um, Matthew 13, 35 and 38, he says, I will open my mouth and I will utter things kept secret from the foundations of the world translation from 2889 the greek word cosmos meaning universe i will open my mouth and i will tell you things that have been kept secret since the foundation of the universe someone says well i i know i think that's got to mean the foundations of the earth no it doesn't it means just what it says what is supposed to be written but you see the translators were in the same minor mode, the same primitive mode that the church leaders were in because they didn't have the telescopes, because they didn't have the scientific advance, because they did not have any insight that the world was really much bigger than the earth. They couldn't possibly see to to use the words that Jesus used Jesus said the universe but they couldn't go along with that well what he means let's help Jesus out here you know he wasn't that educated of a person let's help him out he really meant to say the earth so let's just help him out and let's put a word like world which everybody will understand means the earth we help Jesus out isn't that sad We've gotten so much help that we've got a whole world of of people that are supposed to be believing, knowing Christians that are lost in a language of darkness. But I'll tell you what, the light is shining here today. You are the light of the universe. That's your job. If you don't think that your life here on earth is important, you are into a primitive mode. If you don't understand why that salvation to us and redemption to us is exactly enormous, is overwhelmingly revelatory, then you're missing the boat. You're missing the ship. Argo has not sailed. The ship of the stars has not sailed. You are the light of the world you you as an ophanim. and that's why you've got to be uh, you've got to become born again from above that's what the scripture really says when you look it up in the Greek to be born again from above that means your status your who you are, who you really are a fallen ophanim, you've got to be redeemed and pardoned and brought back to your statuses and open him because in the end your plan your purpose of coming here to this earth as a creator was to be be a light not just to this little planet earth but but this was going to be an aperture. This was going to be an opening in which people from, from here, according to uh, to uh, Isaiah uh, fifty one sixteen, uh, would 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 launch from this foundation here and go out into the universe and plant the heavens. That's Bible. That's the word of God. That's Bible, ladies and gentlemen. That's the word of God. That's what the Bible really says. When are you going to quit listening to what people tell you is what the Bible says and start hearing what the Bible really is saying, what it has always said? These things were kept secret. That means they were enfolded in darkness. And Paul had it down when he says, for now, we look through a glass darkly. I would be sad to have to say that part of that glass is the Bible. That we look through a glass darkly because of, of how people have been taught as to what the Bible means, as to how it defines. We've got pastors out there, we've got priests out there, we've got evangelists out there, and they are teaching people. They are teaching people primitive faith, third-grade stuff. And God is saying, no, no, no. When Jesus came, He says, the Bible prophesied of me. And it says that I will open my mouth, and I I will reveal secrets that have been hidden since the foundations of the universe. That's what the Bible prophesied about Jesus. That's why it was such a breakthrough having this Jesus Christ, this Savior, this person called the light of the world. And if he says of us, you are the light of the world, imagine what it means when it talks about Jesus being the light of the world. He's not talking about the earth. Sure, that's part of it. He's the light of the earth too, but he's the light of the universe. This is huge, major consideration. Wow. Now, there are other scriptures that are important, and we're going to cover a bunch of them today. Matthew 16.26 What profits a man if he should gain the whole world, the whole universe, but lose his own soul? How could the universe have anything to do with you as a mortal a human being? It really doesn't. But as an oponim, an archangel, capable of traveling the universe faster than the speed of light, it has everything to do. Once you know who you really are, it has everything to do, everything to apply. Why would anybody want to give up that kind of knowledge, that kind of in- importance, that that relative station so close to the throne of God? Why would anybody want to give that up and lose their soul? And that's the question. And it's not about just the earth. It's about the universe. Because you are the light of the universe. As an Ophanim. You've got to get out of this, this rut. You've got to get out of this darkness. You've got to get out of this matter. Uh, these chains of darkness that you are encapsulated in. And how can you do that if you don't even believe that that's anything that you're supposed to do? And that's why I'm here as, as, as manifesting this holy word so that you can understand what the plan is that you are really supposed to do. Someone says, well, I'm too old to think about that now. <laughs> In Christ Jesus, you're too old? Get off of it. That ship doesn't have, have any sails. Get off of it. That ship won't make it across to the new world. Age doesn't have anything to do when you start getting into the Alpha Omega. Hallelujah, I'm the beginning and the end, Jesus said. Jesus says, well, you know, Lord, I know that someday after we die and we're buried in a little graveyard and at the end of all of of the world, when they begin to judge people, that we we will rise and live again. And Jesus says, you don't even know what you're talking about. Don't you understand that I am the resurrection? I am the resurrection. If you were to just come to life again and be resurrected, and all you ended up doing was being resurrected to become a human again, what have you achieved? What have you accomplished (laughs) from matter to matter from dust to dust, like they say when they bury you. Is that what you want? But do you want to go from dust to spirit? From human to orphan them angel? And then that is what life is about. That is what the call is about. That is what destiny is about. That is what the realism of the revelation of the Holy Manifest is about. And were these just things that John could talk about when, in the in the 14th chapter of the Gospel of, of St. John, he said, uh, In my Father's house are many mansions. I go away to prepare a place for you, that where I am, you may be also. Was John the only one that used these kind of words, that used this language that has to do with the universe? Absolutely not. I just got through reading you several verses here used in the book of, of Matthew that used the term "Universe. Absolutely. Wow. Okay, let's keep looking. Let's look at um, let's look at uh, Matthew 187. Matthew eighteen seven Now these are all very, very important things to know. Believe me. Praise the name of God. Woe unto the world because of offenses. Woe unto the world because of offenses. Wow. And it's really saying woe to the universe and later i'm going to get into this revelation if i have time and i think i will of thin tones and help you understand how that this whole universe even from the very beginning of time is a subduction zone and uh and it's important that you know that very important praise be the name of god praise be the name of god wow and um you know, uh, God wants us to not be to not be ignorant. Now let's look at Matthew 24:14. Matthew 24:14, and the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Now, would you say that if people were translating this to be limited to the earth, and they were saying, then shall the end come, as soon as you got the message to the, the world, the earth, then the end would come. Well, there's a lot of people out there have been teaching that and believing that. Especially now with the with the computer world, and the internet, it doesn't take very long to get the to get, to get the message to the whole world. But you know what? That is not what the Bible teaches. That is not what the Bible says. The Bible says in Matthew twenty four fourteen that the word's going to be preached into the whole universe. Then the then the end is going to come, because you're the light of the world. You're not just the light of the earth. You're that too. But you're not just the light of the earth. You are the light of the world. Now when I start talking about this 7,000, 70,000 years of regeneration, people say, oh my, that's such a long time. Yeah, I know it seems like a long time when you've been taught for 2,000 years that Christ was supposed to have already come. Because accordingly to the language as people were interpreting it, he was to come quickly. The day of the Lord was at hand. And he was expected any moment. And now it's been over, you know, over 2,000 years. And that quickly seems to be a wrong word. But when you start understanding that this message is broad. It's not just about the earth. And I'm going to show you if you stay in here, you don't get ants in your pants. I'm going to show you the scripture. By the time I'm through here, you'll know it'd be very difficult to deny it. We start talking about on a universal scale. This idea of the end is coming in a jiffy doesn't make sense doesn't apply, doesn't fit in, doesn't close up the puzzle. Come on. Let's get on the ship of truth. Let's open the door of wisdom. Let's open the windows and let the knowledge of God that's going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea enter into our homes. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. Wow. It says it. Matthew 24, 14. The gospel of the kingdom will be preached into all the universe for a witness unto all nations. There's going to be nations, just like that other scripture. Just like when Lucifer took Jesus up. Let me show you the kingdoms of all the world. There's going to be kingdoms. The Bible says that in the 12th chapter of, of Revelations. In the, in the 12th chapter of, of Revelations, it 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 talks about, and I believe it's uh, uh, Revelations twelve twelve. It talks about the the you know the, the places, the dwelling places uh, uh, in the universe, and in the heavens. It's called dwelling places in the heavens. the The Bible has been way ahead of the telescope. The Bible has been way ahead of the of the of the doctors of, of theology. The Bible has been way ahead of the astronomers. The Bible has been way ahead of the physicist and the scientist. And people have been waiting for the scientists to tell us, and they wait and they get evolution. <laughs> they find out that it came from a monkey. They don't understand the whole truth of what the Bible's really teaching. Because they have never heard the teaching. Uh, most of these people, I mean, there's just a handful that, that we have taught, the teaching of Latalution, which is such an incredible, beautiful revelation. It doesn't throw you into darkness. It doesn't make some kind of primitive out of you. It's, an, it's advanced of, of science. Because the Bible is ahead of science and always has been. When people, the science world, thought the earth was square and flat, the Bible said, God sitteth on the circle of the earth. Then there'd be some people say, well, the Bible also taught that the earth was square, that it had four corners. You only say that because you're ignorant of, of, the, of the language of the Bible. When you put those into perspective, the four winds, the four corners, the four kinds of people, you find out that that those are are just symbolic metaphors, that are being used to talk about something quite different than the earth being flat. Praise be the name of God. Someone says, "Well, I'm sure that somewhere, uh, that it, that it, that it said something different. I'm sure that somewhere it did." Okay, now. Um I want to tie something in here, and you gotta listen to this or you're gonna get it wrong. Okay. Let's go to Matthew 26 13. And here's what Matthew 26 13 says. Okay, Matthew twenty six thirteen. Let's let's get this. Verily I say to you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also be this, that this woman has done shall be told for a memorial of her. Now, this word whole world is absolutely very important because when we showed you 2414, preached into all of the, the world, whole and all, have a similarity not quite the same as whole but what this helps us to understand is that the earth is a part of the universe do you believe that do you believe that the earth is you know with this star and Sun the Sun which is a star and and that is part of this galaxy and the galaxy is a part of the universe yeah so when I say in Matthew 24 14 preached into all the universe the The actual word for this, in addition to how I use twenty eight eighty nine by by its context, the actual word for uh, for a world is thirty six twenty five uh, that is greek thirty six twenty five which means earth and it also means world but the point that I'm getting at is yes. We have to preach the light unto the, all the earth. Yes, the earth is a part of the universe. Yes, we have to preach the earth to all the universe. But did in the language of the Bible, did they only use the word cosmos, meaning universe, because there were no other words to express earth? Absolutely not. You can find in several uh, places. In, in, in addition to uh to Matthew twenty four fourteen, this thirty six twenty-five that means earth E A R T H. So the so the, the understanding then is that the gospel is to be preached in all the earth. And that's right. But when we say all the earth, we are also saying all the earth by conclusively putting it into the the uh, the meaning of universe, because it's connected, and that's why I take you to, 20, to Matthew twenty six thirteen, where it says, "Preach unto the whole world," which then uses the word twenty eight eighty nine, which is cosmos. And this is Jesus in Matthew, just a couple chapters apart, saying both these two verses. So then, because of the continuity of the word, and understanding the the context, and understanding that the context is what really tells us if something is singular, if something is plural, and what the ultimate meaning is, we have here... Two references, one that does use the meaning of the word earth in the the, uh, use of the word world. We have another example of the word world being translated as the universe. So then, what we have here is yes, The earth is not excluded, because the earth is part of the universe. But does the Bible say, I want you to go and preach the word to a part of the universe called the earth? No, it does not say that. I want you to do all the earth, but in the contextuality, going from Matthew 24 to Matthew 26, it explains it. In the contextuality, in the totality of the whole, W-H-O-L-E, the whole world. Because the earth is not the whole world. And a lot of people, theologians, pastors, teachers, evangelists, yeah, people that have been out there teaching people, this is the whole world. (laughs) It's not the whole world. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible has never taught that. And so people don't understand the language of the stars, the language of the universe. So how can they understand the Bible? They can't. They can't understand the Bible when they are calling something the whole of everything when it is only the smallest fraction, such a small particle, such a small particle that it doesn't even hardly have an existence compared to the vastness and the enormity and the colossalness of the universe. Get on the ship, ladies and gentlemen. This is the gospel ship message today. That song says, I'm going to take a trip on a good old gospel ship and go sailing through the sky. That's what I'm trying to take you. I'm trying to take you on Argo. I'm trying to take you on the gospel of the stars ship. Oh, praise the name of God. Do you have it? The whole world is the universe. A small bit of the world is the earth. The word world basically, contextually, means universe, universe. And sure, we can single it out sometimes and just talk about the earth, because it is a planet and it is a world. But people don't even understand then what the word world really means. And I'm going, to, I'm going to get into that. I'm going to get into it. But don't forget now, let me get this in your brain, the earth is not the whole world. It is only a small fraction of the world. Wow. Now when the Bible talks about to the end of the world, and people say, oh my God, to the end of the world, the end is coming. The end is right now. Oh, my gosh. And they don't understand that, you know, there's a lot of times we talk about the end of something. Someone says, you know, uh, yeah, I, I moved to another nation. Uh, and so uh, 1999 on August the 5th was the end of my living in that other nation I was born. And that's an end. There's also in the Bible end of dispensations. When different dispensations end, and a lot of times the Bible's talking about a, a dispensation, and, and, and people don't get that. They don't understand the language of the Bible. They don't get it. And because they don't get it, then they get confused. And because they get confused, then they don't know what to believe. They don't know who's teaching the truth. But can't you go into the Bible? If you don't have a strong concordance, can't you go get one? Isn't it worth it? And so when it says the end of the world, in the Bible quite often what is used is the number 165. 165. Now what does 165 mean? It means forever. So it says, how does that make any sense? The end of the world is forever? Well, the end of the world is the end of forever. And forever describes the life of a universe. Uh, the life of a universe is forever someone says oh I don't I don't believe that I think forever means without end that's just because you don't know what you're talking about or thinking because if it was the end then why could the Bible ever say forever and a and D ever and how could it make two forevers if the first forever was the ultimate conclusive finality of the end but the word forever just means vanishing point. It means beyond what your uh, limited human mortal mind can comprehend. And that's this universe. It is a forever. So when the Bible's talking about, you know, the, the end of a universe, it's talking about the end of that, that forever. That first forever ends. Then that's the end of the universe. When forever ends, the universe will be over. It'll be finished. It'll be at the end. It'll close. And, and, and it, all the universe, the Bible says, that, that all the stars, all the universe, everything in the universe, will be rolled together as a scroll. It will go into condensation. It will go into immensity of depression of matter. And that's what the Bible teaches. Long before any of the other scientists ever came up with any ideas. The Bible taught this already. Blessed be the name of God. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. Wow. Wow. It's absolutely gorgeous. Okay. Um, Just in case you think that only Matthew got mixed up, Mark in 8.36, he also said, you know, what is it if you gain the whole world, meaning cosmos, and you lose your soul? Again, this puts people into the Ophanim connection. Because a human being doesn't have a possible chance to gain the whole universe. But an Ophanim does. This accentuates the doctrine of the Ophanim status of of the hierarchy of the ophanims that all of us were before we fell and and succumbed to these human mortal flesh materialistic bodies that has in them the sentence of death wow so Matthew was into the word Mark was into the word wow let's go on We're still in Mark. Mark 14.9. It talks about preaching the gospel throughout the whole W-H-O-L-E world which is cosmos. That's 28.89. So sometimes we have the word cosmos by association to the context. And I will quote it and say this is 28.89. Even though they might use another word there. Because the context always overrides the word. Because it explains the total use of it, not just the partial use of it. Wow. This gospel is going to be preached throughout the whole world. That goes along with Isaiah 51, 16. I I put my words in your mouth that that you might plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth. (laughs) <laughs> the foundations of the earth is the whole revelation of the fallen angels it's the whole revelation that was originally given to the to go out and create until there was creations that came forth who has whose names had never been written in the lamb's book of life but until creations came forth that begin to have a conscious awareness of god and they begin to move into those areas in which they might uh, potentially uh, eventually evolve to having a soul a spirit soul, not a body soul, they might have that too for a period of time. Wow, wow, woof, okay, in Luke one seventy let's get into Luke let's see what Luke has to say. He talks about since the world began, and he uses the the word world uh, as 165 meaning forever now here we have a Bible proof of what I said we have a Bible proof that the word world is described by the term 165 found in the Bible meaning forever so that when you say the word forever it is synonymous with meaning the universe because that is the description of the universe beginning and end It has a beginning, it has an end. The whole period of forever is a description of the life of the universe. And so that Luke understood. And he preached it. But did the world understand it? The earth world? No. Not but a few persons. Luke also mentions that scripture. Matthew mentioned it. Mark mentioned it. Luke mentions it in 9.25. If you gain the whole world, meaning universe, but lose your soul, again, that's a confirmation of the ophanims, Because for a human being, as I said, <coughs> to have some kind of <coughs> understanding that could be universal in which that would affect their totality of, of material wealth uh, is just not a proposition. Only as being an ophonim can you understand that wealth is the creation of new spirit souls for the kingdom, the eternal kingdom of the first domain, the heaven of heavens. Wow, again luke showing an understanding similar to uh, matthew and mark in luke twenty thirty four and 35 it says the children of this world mary the word world is described as one six fine one six five meaning forever the people in this in this world which is is universe but th- they give it the name forever 165 is forever. The people in this forever, they marry and are given in marriage. But the people in eternity, <laughs> the people in eternity, they don't marry and are not given in marriage, Jesus said. So the so the universe is one thing and the first domain, the heaven of heavens is another. The heaven of heavens is a pure spirit realm pure spirit realm the Bible says God is a spirit the physical realm is a physical realm of material things and substances they are two different infinities now, I recently heard someone say, well, the latest discoveries with the telescopes is that this seems to prove that the universe is not an infinity. Sorry, sir, I disagree with you. I actually shouldn't say I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, but sorry that you don't understand it yet with all your high-powered telescopes. The universe is an infinity. Some say, well, how, if, if we can show that it's coming to an end, how can you call it an infinity? Well, you have to understand what the end means. The end means the end of expansion. But it doesn't mean the end of the universe. And the Bible teaches that. So the Bible says when the universe comes to its end and forever is completed, has been used up beyond the vanishing point, that the The Bible says that the heavens will be rolled together as a scroll. Now, I love that language because what is a scroll? A scroll is a different kind of book. It has all of the information. And so, when all of the universe is rolled together into this little sort of small, we could call it, colossal knot of compression, it still contains the scroll information. It contains the data. It doesn't lose it in the compression. And it's like being in a, a form of sleep. It still exists. So what happens? What, what happens? The Bible says, Then after eternities of time, and I'm paraphrasing that, After the eternities of glory, in the first domain, the heaven of the heavens, then God stretches out the universe. What does it mean when you stretch something? It means you take it from something that is all, you'll know, put together, and it can be a compression. And then you have to stretch it out because it's all you know closed up in a, in a compact type of thing. You stretch it out. So he's perfectly describing the, the compacted universe that has now gone into compression. And it's stretched out to become a new universe. Because every time you stretch out the universe with all those atoms and, and and that that begin to come into being again, because of the very nature, even in this universe, of how these atoms are, uh, they can combust into all kinds of different forms and and, 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 and different situations. And they do. And so it becomes a new universe. But the old universe, you know, um, it only um, it only ended in the sense of its forever and in the sense of its uniqueness. So when a baby uh, becomes a child, it's the end of being a baby, but it's not the end of being a person. When the universe comes to the end of a forever, It's the end of that expanded universe and its character and its aspects of how it is and what it is. But it's not the end of its information and data, which is the real story of what the universe is. And that's why in the Holy Manifest we talk about energy dots. I hope you're still with me. Hope we haven't lost you out there with this. Because this is so very, very important. So in that sense, the physical world really doesn't end. And you can describe it as, the Bible says, if you cut a tree down and only the stump is left, nevertheless, there is hope in the end Because the stump can bring forth life again. If we compare that to the universe, even though the universe is cut down and there's only a stump left, nevertheless, there's life that is within that stump that can spring forth again. And that's the way the universe is when it's rolled together in a scroll. Wow. What an awesomely, wonderful, and beautiful thing. Blessed be the name of God. Blessed be the name of God. Now the Bible says in 2 Corinthians um, four, four, "The God of this world has blinded the eyes, basically it means of the Christians. And when it describes this world, it uses one, six, five. So once again, even in Corinthians now, by Paul, Paul is speaking the same language. This universe, this, this forever, Satan is active throughout this universe. Or active in this universe, which is a part of a part, which is a part of the whole universe. And he's blind at the eyes of people so they can't see these truths. Wow. What a story. What an incredible language. So, getting the language of the Bible right, that is so incredibly important. Now, in 2 Thessalonians, in 2 Thessalonians 1.7, it says Jesus is to be revealed from heaven. So people think that they have really revealed the Son of God. They think they have really revealed the mysteries of God. When they get into the thing of the cross and they talk about the stripes and they talk about the crown of thorns and they talk about the resurrection out of the tomb, they think that they have really revealed the Son of God. But the Bible teaches us in 2 Thessalonians 1, seven, Jesus is to be revealed from the heaven. There's a whole lot more in that scripture that I'm not reading, but there's a whole lot more in that scripture that could be read and has a very deep revelation to it. But I want to just take this part here. Jesus is going to be revealed from the heavens. You want to know about Jesus? You're going to have to reveal him in the heavens. Someone says, well, I don't know if that's true. I know that. That's why I'm trying to help you out. That's why when we begin to read the book of Revelations, that we begin to get a, a sensation of the understanding about, about the story of Jesus being revealed from heaven. The Bible talks about this woman and, and, and who was, you know, high and lifted up in the 12th chapter, first verse of, of Revelations and, and puts her in the realm of the stars. And when we really follow all of that revelation teaching we start seeing the Jesus being revealed from heaven. If if we don't reveal the Jesus from heaven and we only reveal the Jesus the son of man on earth and the son of man on the planet the father's house and we don't reveal the whole revelation of the Jesus from heaven we fail to understand that this is a universal gospel. This is a universal revelation. This is a universal insight to the most magnificent, colossally incredible summations that could ever be, ever be the, the, the peak of the summit. The very apex heaven's roof ladies and gentlemen I want to reveal to you the Christ from heaven I want to reveal to you the Christ from heaven I know there's people out there revealing the Christ from the earth and I'm not against that and I think that's wonderful but if that is your limitation then you are back into the days of the churches that said that the the heavens were revolving around the whole world, that the earth was the center of the universe. And they were ready to kill the man, Galileo, who discovered by the making of a telescope that that was not true. They wanted to kill him because they... He was about to reveal something that was different than what they were teaching. Sure there's going to be people not want you in their churches. Sure there's going to be people not want to converse with you. Sure there's going to be people that that will hate you for teaching this kind of doctrine. But I'll tell you what, as you teach this doctrine and preach this doctrine, you won't just set the body free you won't just set the brain free. You'll be setting free the minds of the Spirit. You'll be setting free the whole revelation of our souls, which the Bible says is in heaven. In the book of, of Corinthians, if this body, this physical body house is dissolved, we have a house not made with hands. Eternal in the heavens, oh, praise be the name of God! Praise be the name of God, ladies and gentlemen. How can we, how can we be more uh, astute and and more real than uh, than to tell that truth? I mean, that truth is the story. It is the story that is about the whole world. And if you wonder where that, that verse is, for we know that if our tabernacle, uh, if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have, we have a building of God. We already have it. A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. 2 Corinthians 5, one. Blessed be the name of God. Let's go on. did they understand that even though this earth is but a fraction, that yes, we had a work to do here among the multitudes, but did they understand to be able to distinguish between the two different meanings of those two different terms, earth and cosmos, universe? Absolutely. Absolutely. There will always be some people say, well, the reason John and Matthew and Mark and Luke used the word cosmos is because there wasn't any other word to, to describe what they were saying. Absolutely wrong. I give you an F. You get an F for that. The Bible clearly says and uses the word earth like in Acts 1.8. Be witnesses unto the, the, to the innermost parts of the earth e-a-r-t-h they understood about being witnesses on the earth and they could they could describe and use the word earth but they didn't just limit it to the word earth they used the word cosmos which which if they were talking about just the earth and people say well they that meant the world and that meant the earth get off that that sunken ship before you end up in a black hole and you get so compressed in the darkness of, of that blackness that, that you can't even see light no matter how hard you look. Come on. The Bible in 2 Corinthians 4, 7 talks about earthen vessels. The idea of the earthliness was understood. The idea of the usefulness of the earth was understood. Praise God. Even heaven, when we get into the word heaven, and we're looking at the the term 3772. It means sky, air, elevation. And most of many of the times when we use the word sky, the word uh, pardon me, the word heaven, it's talking about the sky. It's talking about the air. It's talking about an elevation. And as I'll show you later, sometimes it can be uh, it can be talking about um, space and constellations. But if you look up this 3772 by extension, by extension that's very very important. By extension, let's say by contextuality, by extending this scripture, by using the word and like an uh, uh like like a to put the rest that belongs to the story from other scriptures that are all connected by virtue of the subject by extension uh, it it can also stand for abode and eternity so that goes along with the scriptures Jesus said what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven so that by extension you can take and use metaphors that happen on earth to apply to things that happen in heaven but you have to really be into the interpretation you got to get it right you know in john 3 31 it says he that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth john used the word earth Even though he extensively used the word cosmos for universe, extensively, he used the word earth. He could have not used cosmos. He could have used the word earth if he was just talking about the world that was the planet that we live on. But John understood it different. He understood it that you are the light of the universe, not just the light of the earth. Jesus understood to use the word cosmos. He also understood to use the word earth. He could have never used the word cosmos if he was only talking about the earth. Because, for instance, in John twelve thirty-two, he said, if I be lifted up from the earth. Well, it's interesting. Here he uses the word earth, which is, which, which is terrestrial, which is, which is earthly. But because he puts the word lifted up, someone says, well, that's talking about the cross metaphorically it can be talking about the cross but spiritually metaphorically it can also be talking about a victory a being lifted up of the spirit uh, of of his resurrection as he transcends into the heavens so we have to keep these things open we have to really keep them open you know Uh, 1st John 5 8 once again these are John John is using these, these scriptures. You know, I gave you John 3.31. I gave you John 12.32. Uh, I gave you, right now I'm giving you John, 1 John 5.80, uh, pardon me, 1 John 5.8. Talking about those that, three that bear witness in earth. John knew the word earth, even though he extensively used the word cosmos. Even Jesus, when he talked about the Queen of the South, who came from the uttermost parts of the earth, was certainly aware of people coming from the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And he didn't put that they came from the cosmos to hear it. So he kept his words right just like disciples were taught by him to keep it right. And and what we're trying to get you to do is to get it right. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know? Wow. Even in Revelations... John, who wrote Revelations, Revelations 5, 6, speaks about being slain as a lamb before the foundations, you know, of, 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 of the earth. Uses the word earth. Revelations 5, 6. Now, when we look at, uh, in the Hebrew of heaven, 80:64, 64, again, we get sky, we get arch, we get lofty. Um eighty sixty five, which is a corresponding uh term, uh connects it to heaven. But even in in eighty sixty four the dictionary, the Hebrew dictionary that describes the meaning of heaven as a sky, an arch, a lofty place, It also incorporates above the sky heavens of the universe where the stars abide. And then there's all kinds of scriptures that talk about the stars of heaven. So we know when it uses the word heaven that it doesn't always mean um, the atmosphere. It, It doesn't always just mean the sky. But that it can mean the very space of the of the stars. So in Deuteronomy 1 10 and 19, stars of heaven. Same in Deuteronomy 10 2, the same in Deuteronomy 28, 62. And then in Deuteronomy 33, 26, it talks about God who rideth upon the heaven, the heavens. Wow. And then of course in Kings 8:22, it talks about the heaven of heavens. And in um, uh, Kings, I think it is, thirty-nine forty-three. it talks about the dwelling place, the dwelling place of God. So that, that's, that's beautiful. Beautiful stuff. Wow, it's exciting. It's absolutely exciting. I, <laughs> I got a hustle here. I got so much to cover. Okay. So this dwelling place of God Going way back, it talks about the secret place of God, the secret dwelling place of God. Psalms ninety-one-one, and and the dwelling place uh, in, in thirty-six twenty-four can mean home, house, family. Check that out in Revelations twelve-twelve, and Second Corinthians four-four. Wow, wow, okay. So now we've got the God of this forever, or the God of this world, which is the same thing because the, the number given is, uh, is 165, and I believe that's the one that refers to 2 Corinthians 4.4. 2 Corinthians 5.19 talks about um, uh, uh, reconciliating uh, this world to himself, and w- which, which is the universe that he that he the, the the claim the right the purpose that was originally given to the ophanims given to yavial uh was was stolen by lucifer who took on the name that belonged to yavial to jesus christ yavial that's why the two of them both have the name morning star the name morning star originally belonged to, to you know jesus christ as javiel but then when lucifer went in as a as a covering angel a cherubim coming covering angel and then when he experienced this shift in perfection from being a uh cherubim perfected under under the cherubimic uh, codes to moving into the ophanim perfection and and getting into those codes, he had, in, had experienced a shift of perfection or a shift in perfection. And that allowed him then to be less than perfect. And so the Bible talks about that he was perfect. He didn't have any sin. He didn't have any problems until the day that sin was found in him. And, of course, that was when he... he Ended up uh, coming into the, uh, uh, the the order of the Ophanims and began to act as a covering angel, immediately involved not just from exteriorly, uh, exteriorly as a guardian, but within the very uh, uh, intimacy of the group, uh, the interior operation, and that's where this whole fall away with Lucifer began to happen. And uh, so it's very inter- interesting. So Jesus had to reconcile uh, this back to me. Had to make the claim, to claim back uh, this whole morning star issue, this whole Ophirim issue, uh, back to himself for the universe. Second Corinthians five nineteen. Okay, and and the Bible even talks about uh, you know uh, in Second Corinthians one twelve about our conversation should be about the universe. Wow. So if we're going to get into the transpardoning of our sins, then we're going to have to understand, uh, as I was hinting earlier, not to trust ourselves as long as we carry in our mortal bodies the sentence of death. We have to have that confidence that we have overcome it by by trans-assimilating into Jesus. And by that trans-assimilating into Jesus, we have entered a trans-pardoning. And that trans-pardoning that is uh, coming into us is an act of uh, us becoming um, uh, of a nature that those sins are no longer imputed against us, that they are uh, uh, trans-pardoned. and by transpardon, that means they are put into a, uh, a place of uh, or a status as though they never, ever happened, they never, ever occurred. Uh, they are absolutely obliterated. Blessed be the name of God. Once that happens, you no longer have in you the negative syndrome of the sentence of death in your body. And someone says, "How will I know when I have this?" The Bible says that His Spirit will bear witness with your Spirit. So, when you are ready to get there, you'll get the witness of the Spirit. That's how you'll know. Blessed be the name of God. Whew. So, so there's so much. Uh, John, uh, uh, First John four fourteen talks about the Savior of the world uh which is really the savior of the universe uh, 2889 is cosmos um that's uh you know um uh, so 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 beautiful um check out first john five five also we are called to overcome the universe john five five first john five five okay and and then when we get into this thing where we where we're looking uh you know uh, at that t- uh 3625 that has to do with the earth it can also mean land it can also mean world it can also mean empire but it's basically about in like uh, revelations 12 9, this person this this devil this lucifer satan who deceiveth the whole world is Thirty-six twenty-five. He's specifically referring, uh, at this time, uh, to the job that he did on the earth and the people of the earth. Wow! Now, in Hebrews one two, it talks about by whom he made the worlds. W o w o r l d s. By whom he made the worlds. Uh, the term for the worlds is one six five by whom he made the forevers. Again, forever is talking about a universe, and here we have it in the plural, which means and verifies the manifest teachings that there are uh, seven universes and we're in the eighth universe, but that that, that were worlds made because these worlds do not come from the word uh, 2889 universe. They come from the word 165, which means forever. So so it's talking about he made the forevers or he made the universes. And and uh, because ever for universe represents uh, uh represents a universe. And and so we have forever, so we have universes. There's Bible proof that, that there's been more other uh, there's been more than one universe. it's just right there uh, you know, before you in the Bible, uh when you really take the time to to uh to listen to the word of God and and uh, so forth now let's just we've got to keep going i've got so much to cover um you know um uh, jesus says i am the root and the offspring um i want to talk to you a little bit about um about uh code bible codes and but before i totally get into it let's just start by saying jesus said in revelations 22 16, i am the root and the offspring well you know just Recently, I mean like just in the last few days, uh, they have announced that scientists have discovered a new kind of chemistry, and in this new kind of chemistry, they found out how to take certain chemical roots, R-O-O-T-S, roots, Jesus said, I am the root and the offspring. I'm not trying to turn him into a chemical uh, uh, wagon. But I'm trying to show you the importance sometimes. Like, for instance, when it said uh, in the book of uh, Corinthians, it talks about, Coming into the knowledge of what is the width and the breadth and the length and and uh, that that all of these different dimensions and all these different depths that God wants us to come into a total understanding of all, of all of those so that we can know the language of god's word, know the language of the bible and and so chemists who have done all this exacting types of study uh, they are discovering that they haven't gone all of the way. And as they start getting into the roots, and, 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 and you know that's one of the things I love to do with, with language, is get into some of the roots, because it's not until you get into some of the roots of the language that you really can nail down uh, the meaning of, of, of those overall references and their, and their application. So, so these chemists have discovered by getting into sy- uh, roots and 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 creating uh, synthetic roots that they can make an enzyme uh, that they believe will halt uh, uh, the progress progression of Alzheimer's disease. That to me is a beautiful, wonderful thing. This is new. It's got to all go through the, you know, the uh, approval uh, episodes but it's exciting that there is a possibility that, that Alzheimer's can, can uh, be conquered with this new synthetic approach of creating enzymes uh, from this root uh, which pro- process of, of doing that is actually a new kind of chemistry uh, I, I, I think that, that that just sets us up you know like for instance um, when we get into Ezekiel uh, we get into the word wheel, and and that's used quite often. And there are two words that describe wheel. One is gal as galgal, and the other is ophan, or ophanim. Uh, so so when we talk about uh, galgal, it basically is talking about a literal wheel, for instance, on a chariot. It's it's physical wheel, and when we're talking about um, the ophanims, he's talking about these ever which way that the wheel moves, the physical wheel, the spirit moves with it. So there's the physical wheel, and and there's the there's the spirit wheel, which is the ophan or the ophanim. So that's very very important to not get confused between those two. Uh, the the uh, the spiritual ophanim is personified. Uh, in Ezekiel, uh, when it it speaks to the 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 ofanim, uh, as a person, and uh, so uh, or the Ophan as a person, and so this is so important to uh, you know to to cogitate this and and to uh, put it into an envelope uh, spread out, uh, covering all its depth. Because uh, it's it's something important and beautiful. Now, in 2 Kings 2.11, it talks about, um, you know, going up into a whirlwind, uh, uh, you know, and the word for whirlwind, and this is so beautiful, the actual word for whirlwind comes from galgal, which means wheel. So when it says in 2 Kings 2.11, you went up into a whirlwind, the word is actually he went up into a galgal, gal, which means a physical wheel. So a physical wheel is another way of describing a uh, what what the world calls a UFO, a flying saucer. We call it a zith, you know, z Z-Z z or z z i t h, a zeth, a zid. Okay, so so uh, so then we say now. When you have a, a whirlwind or a galgal, you have a physical ship. It's physical, and that's why it's galgal and means wheel, because the whirlwind is a description of this physical ship, which is, a, which is a UFO, if you want to call it that, or as we call it, a zith. And then Ezekiel tells us that inside of this wheel, there's a wheel in the wheel, so in the wheel in the wheel we've got the Ophan, or ophanim which is another word that means wheel. So you have the physical wheel, the ship and you have got the spirit wheel, the Ophan. And so we have the story of the ophanim that they used they used gelgals or pardon me galgals uh, which were physical wheels to travel the universe. They they use physical wheels which are called galgals, and it's right here in the Bible, in Second uh, Kings two eleven, wow, and so as we begin to get into that understanding, and we begin to see this this uh, this revelation, uh, uh, it it, uh, it 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 really is exciting, it is truly absolutely exciting, and. Um, uh, there's uh, there's more that we could uh, that we that we could say say that uh, sometimes uh, uh, when we talk about some of these things uh, they can have the connotations of meaning heaven uh, but but it is all dependent upon how you are applying the extension so that's that is uh, that is so very very important now. Uh, we talk about John chapter 14, and we talk about the Father's house, and uh, there, there is a scripture um, in Genesis 28:17 when God was uh, talking to to Jacob, and when He revealed to him uh, Bethany, and He had the the vision, the dream of angels ascending and descending up this ladder, uh, which is the lattice, and uh, and He says. This is none other than the house of God this is the gate of heaven now that is such an important incredible beautiful uh, scripture because what it basically is saying is there is a physical house of God which we call the um, you know the, the 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 place described in John 14 in my Father's house are many mansions. It's a physical place. It's where, according to the Bible, that Jerusalem is going to be built and then it's going to physically come down as, as a, like a planet dome uh, and it's going to, to come and settle on earth and be the new Jerusalem for a period of time. For the thousand year, we call it millennium. And uh, then uh, we get into the meaning of this and, and it it's so laziness to see these revelations uh because we we have the revelations uh that was given to uh Jacob uh when he saw the uh the uh ascending and descending of the um uh you know of the angels and he said uh uh this is nothing less than the um uh the that than the parad- the gate of paradise. Now, uh, sometimes because Jacob and Joseph are so close, uh, if you ever l- listened and watched some of their, uh, uh, some of the Bible, uh, they had the same experiences, and uh, it's it's quite interesting. Uh, I interchange those those names sometimes, uh, but but uh, uh, I won't get into that right now because I just don't have time. But let's just let's just look at this and. Uh, uh, let's really get this down this is none other than the the house of god now that is in genesis 28 uh 17 so um when, when we when we start looking at you know uh, at that genesis 2817 and we see that that jacob uh, you know has this vision of of these angels ascending and descending and then he descriptively calls it, you know, the house of God, this is the gate of heaven. What he's basically saying is that this thing that he is seeing where people are coming and going is the gate of heaven. And that God has given to the, to the, to the people, to the, to the Christians, to the, to, the, to the sheepfold, he has given the revelation of the house of God. Which Jesus said, "That's where I'm going. I'm going to my Father's house." So the Father's house, uh, you know, which which He calls here the house of God, uh, has in it and can promote this revelation of the very of the very opening to the heaven of heavens, because it has in it the revelation of the gate to heaven and so why is it important the revelation of the father's house which is a physical planet because it is not heaven itself it is in the sense of the first chapter of Genesis you know uh, 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 heaven in the sense that any planet that does not have heaven is not a planet uh, that 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 is a planet uh, that can offer life but if it's got atmospheres, it's, uh, you know, uh, that protects it from oncoming, uh, you know, debris uh, from from extra, extra uh, terrestrial sources, then um, uh, and, and it's got oxygen and or whatever it would accommodate uh, the life of the of the people, then it is a planet that has life. And so when we're talking about uh, a, a planet that has life we differentiate that from just some planet that is a a lump of rock you know something like a monstrous asteroid um and so this particular uh, uh heaven uh is a planet and uh it's the father's house planet and in it it has the revelation of these angels ascending and descending so what does jesus say in the book of john <clears throat> he says the day will come that you will see the angels ascending and descending on, on the, 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 the Son of Man. You'll see it. Not the Son of God, the Son of Man, because it's a physical revelation first. It's a Bethel revelation about the house of God, which is a physical house of God. And, but it has the story in it, which is the spirit story, the spiritual story of the opening, the gateway to heaven. So that in itself is an awesome and a beautiful revelation um uh, the um i've got to move here because i've got a lot to uh, um ezra seven twenty three talks about the house of god uh of heaven um second corinthians five one talks about the house in heaven uh isaiah sixty six one talks about the heaven is my throne um you know um uh, and then a, a very interesting scripture. Uh, some people say, "Well, what about these people that don't have the truth? What you know, what about them? Are they just lost and go to hell?" Well, First Corinthians three fifteen says, "If a man's work shall be burned." Now, the Bible says that every person's work is going to be tested. It's going to be tested by 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 uh, water. It's going to be tested, you know, by flood. It's going to be tested by all these different things. One of the things it's going to be tested on is fire. And if it stands, then it, it, then it's accepted. Well, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3.15, If a man's work shall be burned, <coughs> he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by the fire. Wow. So that, that is so incredibly exciting. <coughs> Excuse me. okay <coughs> <coughs> all right, we're back alive again here so um let's get on here I, I i want to cover everything uh god has god has has covered it for for people it says uh you know uh, you might lose the stars in your crown, <coughs> but you won't lose your soul so there's going to be some people that lose their ranks. They don't end up back as an open in the same rank, but they still end up uh, in heaven. <clears throat> Proverbs 9.1 answers it. Wisdom has built her house. That's what we're doing here today. We're building the house of wisdom. And the Bible talks in 1 Kings 8.11 about the experience they had on earth where the glory of God filled the house. <clears throat> Praise be the name of God. So that's what we want to do here today. We want to fill your house with this glory of God. All right. I want to. I've got time. Barely have time, but I have time. I want to do a little thing here on this code. <clears throat> in um, the book of Hebrew, in the Hebrew dictionary of Strong's, uh, number eighty-one thirty-two, and number eighty-one thirty-six. It's very, very interesting because this, will, this is about the, the angels, the, the artursians, the Shinons, that it mentions in the 68th chapter of, of, uh, of Psalms. And there is, in this particular um, uh, reference, in um, Hebrew, a code. And the code is very interesting and very strange. And in addition to the, the name Shinon, The code that it gives is change, C-H-A-N-G-E, change, repetition times angels. Repetition times angels. That's 8132. Um, uh, Okay. Then um, we get into, and 8136, we get into 8064, and it talks about an unusual uh an unused singular root and we're we're back in the hebrew dictionary of strongs an unused singular root and and one part of it is the uh becomes the visible uh arch of the sky and then the higher space beyond the sky is where celestial uh bodies uh revolve okay this is telling you about celestial bodies and revolving, spinning, going around other planets. This is a dual <coughs> that gives a, a revelation from an unused root. There's a lot of things in the Bible and of the language that are unused, but they have incredible revelation. And so in this 8064, you have in, in your Bible, if you got into the root, you have these, these incredible repetition uh, revelations of change uh, times angels. That is an incredible revelation about the trillion angels of the ophanim. But people just don't understand it because they don't understand that there are unused roots out there. Like one of the big unused roots is when Jesus said, I am the root and offspring. People don't, haven't used that understanding. They haven't gotten into that, so they have missed out on the deep meanings of it, and that is so sad. But as we, we get, and I'll try to hurry through this now because I've got to close it, we get into this code uh, where uh, in Joel 3.11 and Joel 3.21, it talks about angels to come and blood to be cleansed and and we we begin to see that there is a plan there is a plan that God has for the universe about angels to come this gets into that the change that has to take place the repetition that increases mathematically complex numbers of change now i don't want to get complicated here and i'll, I'll try to make this simple but <clears throat> mathematically when we start getting into codes uh it, it does get you into complex numbers and so if um you were to try to determine the differentiation from the real components um, and to add up the imaginary components. To determine the imaginary sum, um, you might need to get into polar magnitudes to help select the angle first and then to find the mathematical uh, calculations for a three-dimensional figure. You would need to derive it not from a three-dimensional plane you would need to derive it from a fourth dimension so there are always other dimensions whether they be above uh, above dimensions or below like for instance a a dimension that is a root and it's a lower dimension but it's still a a dimension you get into those things they find them to be very very interesting so so uh, this then uh, 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 is the only way Mathematically, to really find the, um, the calculation figure of the three dimension is by viewing it from the angulation of the fourth dimension. There are these um, uh, quadron- ca- quadrons, um that have four dimensions. And uh, they consist of uh, four scalar numbers, each imaginary dimension has a unit value and I find that interesting when we talk about unit values of one uh, of of uh, one that must be found uh, in order to discover the real axis. so when we talk about uh, a star, we use a unit uh, a term because we talk about a star as being a universe. And, and a spirit as being, um, you know, a head of that universe, as being a representative, uh, uh, and that representative, though it, it, is, it is described as being singular, it's actually a plural one. And so we get into these um, revelations of unit values instead of just singular values. And, and we have to go there if we are to find the real axis of truth. If you don't go there, if you don't get into the fourth dimension, you'll never discover the full reality of the th- of the three dimensions. so this understanding of root is absolutely uh quick now i'm going to close this mathematical thing here, but there are transformed va- values and there was a, a pretty unusual mathematician uh called uh Sterlings who came up with this insight of uh of fractorials. Um, it's fairly complicated but interesting. Now, I'm not going to get into it much, but for multiplying the area of a unit circle and the base for natural logarithms uh, to to bring about what they call as a re- recursion, uh, and recursion being an informational process that you can apply as a uh, as a computational application or computer application. What I'm saying there in all this uh, strange foreign language is that what what has to happen if you were to take and you were saying, here's an A, B, C, and D, how many times can that be put in a different order? That's informational processing. That's computational uh, logarithm uh, uh, potential. So sometimes, without understanding the extent of where we could go. God is saying, the root is there. Sometimes you gotta go into the root of your genetics. Sometimes you gotta go into the root of the word. Sometimes you gotta go into the root that is love. Sometimes you gotta go into the root that's patience. Sometimes you gotta go into the root that is long suffering. But I want to tell you something. The language of the universe is awesome. And I'm just beginning to get into it. We'll continue this next week. You're going to be a changed person, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to come into a new world of mind, a new world of thinking. Let me pray for you real fast. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Reach out right now, precious Heavenly Father, and heal those listeners that are in pain. Heal those listeners that have broken bodies. Heal those listeners that are jammed in their vessels with all kinds of of problems and contagious things. Heal them, Lord. Heal them now as they hear this voice speaking to them by the Holy Spirit. Heal them, heal them, heal them, set them free. Jesus name God bless you we love you hang in there brothers and sisters we're coming to a great high road God bless you